Hallelujah. The first place I want Christians to live a life of abundance is through their emotions. Because it doesn't matter what you have, your emotion can drag you to the pit. Have you seen people that have money but yet depressed? Amen. Have you seen people that seem like they have everything, but when you look at them, they are miserable. And then the words of the Apostle John came into my mind. Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper as your soul does prosper. And I realized that the first prosperity must be in the soul. And if your soul is prosperous, the rest will follow. Hallelujah. A simple thing like joy. We don't have it. Hallelujah. And my question is why? And then the answer I can come up with is that we have attached our joy to things. And remember, things are passing. So when your joy is in thing, get ready for a ride on a stormy sea. Hallelujah. Because the things can go. The things can go. And then I reflect on the life of Jesus. And I realize one thing. Jesus never store stuff. <laughs> One thing he does, he calls what he wants and he uses it and he moves on. What do I mean? Jesus was living daily. One of the biggest problems of us is that we don't live daily, we live in the future. And because we are in the future, we are trouble. Because you think of tomorrow and you don't have an answer for tomorrow, and then you are in a mess. What if we can come to a place of enjoying the moments? Hallelujah. Of enjoying the time that we have now. Knowing that tomorrow will take care of itself. And that's where emotions come in. Many people that are crying today, they are not crying for today, they are crying for tomorrow. Yes, they are crying for tomorrow. Because tomorrow offers no guarantee. Let's take a simple example for the young people, young women, hallelujah, that want to get married. Now they are sitting and they are not married today, but instead of enjoying the fullness of singleness, they mess up their lives with the idea that I want to get married and they miss on the opportunity that God is giving today. 
And because they can't enjoy today, surely they won't enjoy the marital life. Because they have missed on a step of life. You see, every step of life needs to be enjoyed fully. And if you don't have the knowledge and the wisdom to enjoy fully, you rely on tomorrow. While tomorrow will not offer you that fulfillment that you are looking for. I hope somebody gets me. Why, why don't we change a bit our way of thinking? Somebody say, I don't have a job. Pray for a job. What if you wake up in the morning and you start to go around speaking about Jesus? Instead of sitting home and be busy with pornography. What if we start to, to step into the things of the Spirit while it feels like we have much time in our hands? But you know, we, we, we compromise the time we have because we are waiting on something. And the more we wait and we compromise on today, the thing never comes. Because goodness follows you. So, so, so goodness and mercy are mobile. So anyone that is stagnant cannot say goodness is following him because you're going nowhere. Only the one that moves, goodness and mercy will find him out. So when I start to do something, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Take the example of Peter. Jesus has gone to be in heaven. And Peter, they were all bored. And Peter said to the people, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. Because I cannot sit here and cry on the fact that I don't see Jesus. And while he was on the sea, Jesus met him there. While Peter just decided to do something, Jesus met him. If he was sitting bored, Jesus wouldn't meet him. He said, I'm going fishing. What if you can do whatever your hands find to do? While you are waiting... Waiting does not mean sitting. Waiting is an attitude, not not a physical position. So I can move waiting. I can run waiting. I can laugh waiting because I am... Oh, somebody help me this morning. So, so, So waiting does not mean that I must sit there and not do anything. Rest does not mean absence of motion. Rest is a state of a soul. So I can be busy but in rest. I can pray every day but in rest. Yes, because when I'm praying, I'm not anxious. Anxiety is an enemy of rest. Some of you are waiting for a contract, but you are not waiting in rest. You are waiting with anxiety because you don't know what is going to happen. But if you can wait in rest, doing what you have to do, but trusting the Lord, relying fully on the Lord, you will see that the, 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 the things that comes in your mind that compromise your day will no longer come there. Because you will have to fellowship somewhere. No, you don't take what I'm saying. You'll have to fellowship somewhere. Either you fellowship with the spirit or you fellowship with the world. So, 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 so you come to a place where you choose carefully what you are involved with here. Because it starts up here. 
starts up here. Hallelujah. So instead of, of saying, Lord, where is your promise? Instead of saying, Lord, where is your promise? No, you must say, Lord, where is the mountain? Yes. Yes. You see, many people are looking for the promise instead of looking for the mountain where they should lay down the promise. Okay. Abraham. Abraham had the promise. But God told him, you need to find your mountain where you put down your promise. Because when the promise becomes bigger than your relationship with God, there's a problem. Uh, because some, some people have, are, 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 whenever they say God is good, it's because they got a breakthrough. They will never say God is good when there's no breakthrough. Even if there's no breakthrough, it's still good. His goodness is not defined by your breakthrough. He is an eternal good God. He's not defined by what he does in your life. He's defined by who he is. So, 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 if you cannot, if you cannot testify of his greatness, somebody next you will testify. Abraham, find the mountain. Hmm. Abraham, find the mountain. But praise God, Abraham learned to hear. Hallelujah. Abraham said, God said, I will show you the mountain. You have your promise, but you are missing on the mountain. <laughs> because a promise without a mountain becomes a trap. Yes. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. A promise without a mountain becomes a, a trap. There must be a place in your life where you disconnect yourself from your promise. There must be a place in your life where God becomes bigger than the promise he made you. There must be a place in your life where you are able to say, God, even if you don't do the promise, I still have you because you are my, 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 my reward. You are my, my shield. You are my great reward. God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm your great reward. It's not Isaac, it's me. So, so you need to learn to make me bigger than Isaac. Thank you. So, so God said, if you don't make me bigger than Isaac, you will never see me. So whenever you have a promise, ask for a mountain. <laughs> say, say, Lord, I have a promise, but I'm ready. I'm ready to lay down this promise. But, but why do we talk about mountains? Because it's not easy to lay down a promise. Because a promise is something you pursued all your life. And then you get it, and God said, don't, don't slay the promise in the valley. Don't slay it in the plain, in, in the land. But you need to climb up the mountain with your promise to show me that you are willing even to go through something in order to lay down your promise. And, and you see, Abraham was climbing the mountain. Abraham was 100 years old and, and, and he was climbing a mountain with a young boy and the boy was the promise and the promise was saying to Abraham what is next? 
When the promise becomes real and the promise has a voice to manipulate your life and tell you and ask you questions because he knows that your life is caught into it. So Abraham said, my son, at the top of a mountain, the Lord shall answer because, because a promise, what, 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 my Lord, help me. What makes a promise promise is when you have confronted the mountain with the promise. Because, because most of the time, people have that tendency, I just need this breakthrough. And when, when, when they get that breakthrough, they sit and they think it is over. But there's another test that comes in a breakthrough. God will never give you a breakthrough without a test within the breakthrough. It, God, help me, help me. Sometimes God will even deposit money in your hands. Your first thing is that, what can I buy? But that's not really your question. Your question should be, Lord, what do you want me to do? Come on. So, so the reason why some of us look the way we look is because God trusts us with something. And instead of asking him, what shall we do? We went ahead and used it for ourselves. And then the next time we come again, God said, no, I'm looking for a channel. I'm not looking for a, 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 a thing that is dead. I'm looking for something that can flow. Yes, sir. I'm looking for a river, not the Dead Sea. So Abraham went... And Abraham put Isaac on the altar. And when he put Isaac on the altar, Abraham was so ready to kill Isaac. The Bible said, and he heard. Somebody say, he heard. Somebody say, he heard. Say it again. If Abraham didn't hear, he would have killed Isaac. And after he killed Isaac, he would blame God. To say, God, you made me kill Isaac. But in the process, there was a voice. Some of us went and completed an assignment, but did not hear in the process, stop. And then we completed it, and we didn't see the result, and we thought God was not by our side. But we miss to hear consistently throughout the process Listen, it's not just hearing in the beginning. Continue to hear throughout the process. Because if you stop hearing, you might miss on an instruction that will be destiny instruction. So we need to be at a place where your ears are tuned into heaven. So that every step of the way, you become dependent on heaven. You are not dependent on the promise. You are dependent on in heaven. So when you find your mountain... And say, Lord, I'm disconnecting from the promise. You know, I love God. There is, there is no one that laid down a promise and the promise died. You won't find that in the Bible. Anyone that laid it down, find it again. Yes. Yes. Anyone that came to the place where he disconnected his emotion from the promise got even a bigger thing. The life of Jesus, when he laid it down, he got a glorious life. When he laid Isaac down, he got him back. But you don't understand how he got him back. He got him back with confirmation of a covenant. Yeah, yeah. Because God said, now I have seen. 
that you love me. Meaning, you are not after just a blessing. You are after my heart. So I will bless you even more because I've known your hearts. The moment you become disconnected from the surrounding and the thing that drives your life and you say to the Lord, may your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. I'm a young person, but even if you have told me that I will not get married, Lord, I will not kill myself for that. I will stay and stay in my integrity. Lord, I'm looking for that job, but if you don't give me the job, I will still trust you and honor you the way I honored you even in the beginning. Lord, Lord, you called me and you made me many promises in ministry. If that don't happen, I will still, I will still praise you because you are God. Because you are God. Then you come to a place where you are not worshiping for something. You are worshiping from whom he is. The friend of Daniel made the experience in Daniel chapter number three. They said to king, even if God has told us, Your translation is wrong. Yes. Because the real translation says, even if God has told us that he will not rescue us, even there, we will not worship another God. So they are saying, even if we are aware since the beginning of this process, that we will die in the fire, that will not stop us from worshiping him. It means that we'll be able to confront the fire, lay down our lives, knowing that he will not rescue us. Even if he has given us that revelation, it will change, not change our attitude. So, so that's what we call following God. And I'm talking about walking in 2023 to make your year successful. These are the principles I'm laying down. But let backtrack. Let's come back before Abraham got Isaac. Before Abraham got Isaac. Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number four. Uh, if you read from verse 18 uh, to I think 22 or whatever, the Bible says that Abraham was old. Let me read it. Let me read it so that I'll, 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 I'll get you a few things there. Uh, Romans chapter number 4, verse 18 to 22. Is somebody ready? Yes, sir. Today you will be delivered. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When you come out of here, Satan cannot play with your mind anymore. Amen. The reason why he plays with your mind is that he tells you, you will not get it. You will not. So now you stand, you say, so what? So what? I'm getting ready for eternity. So, so the comfort in the journey should not stop me from going forward. Yeah. You know, we travel in a plane and we're people in the first class, business class, and we're in economy. But I bet you if that plane f- falls, we all die. Yeah. Death will not say, okay, first class, you guys get out. <laughs> Uh, business class get first. No, everybody dies because everybody is in a plane. It's just within the plane that there are compartments. But when you sit from outside, you don't see the compartment. It's only when you get inside that you see some have they, they have, they have, they have their own waiters and um, they have they can order their own food and you you have only two choices: fish or beef or whatever it is. You you have two. 
choices. And, and if you are sleeping, they don't wake you up to ask you, do you want to eat? They pass you. But, but in the other class, <laughs> make sure they wake you up. Now, there is the comfort of traveling. And we all want to travel comfortably. Hallelujah. But even the men in economy always get where they go. So, so before I can get to a business class, I want to be happy in the economy. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I will not be depressed because I can't get into business class. I'm traveling. God, thank you for I can at least travel. Thank you for I can at least go. And, and, and when the time comes, I will walk from economy to business to first class. But that, that is within the plane. Those who are outside don't know I'm going in. My God, help me. Help me, help me, help me. So I'm not doing it for the eyes of people. I'm doing it because God has blessed me. But some people want to be in first class, not for the comfort, but for people to know they are in first class. So when, when, when they travel, when they come down, their chest is big and they're coming with the luggages and they say, no, I was in first class. So what? Yes, I was uncomfortable because I'm too long for this economy. They, they sit at short, but I sit like a chicken there until I get there. But, hey, 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 hey. but when I get out and I'm walking in the street, it's not written on my forehead. It took economy to come here. No one knows that I do. I'm the only one that knows that I took economy. So I can decide to mess up my life with what I know, or I can decide to say, at least I'm here. I'm here. But some of you are too preoccupied by the way things go. You are not looking unto Jesus. Oh, I can't wait one day when Jesus will come. And I'm trusting God. I said, no, Elon Musk is rich. When we get to heaven, I come out of that spiritual plane. And the angels are standing waiting for me. And if Elon Musk is not saved yet, he will never be anywhere to be seen. While heaven celebrates me, I need to put my eyes on the finishing line. Hallelujah. So, so some of you are, are, you are killing yourself. You know what you do? You want a bag. You want a bag, but you want to be written guest polo. Uh, you want, do you want a bag or you want a bag? You want, so, so because it's not guest or polo, you cannot take it out. You are ashamed of what carries your stuff. So you are like, me, I want a polo. I want, so even if you have to borrow money to buy a polo, you will still borrow money to buy a polo because you don't know the purpose of life. Christians are being tormented for those things. When you see them crying, it's not about food. Eh? It's about they can't buy the gas, they can't buy the polo, they can't buy. Eh. <laughs> I've met a man, he will tell you the price of what he wears because we don't know it. This one costs. This, this one cost that. We went to a market when we were students. 
and we look at shoes. You see, we like shoes. Then we say to the guy, what's the price? And the guy gave us a ridiculous price. So my friend said, I want a question. When I put on these shoes, are they going to walk me? <laughs> or am I going to still make steps? Because I don't understand the price of this shoe. If the shoe is going to roll me, then I'm going to buy. You know what we are, why we are disturbed? Why we can't live a fullness of life? We entangle ourselves too much with the process. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 4, verse 18. Are you here with me? Yes. Uh, Romans chapter number 4, from verse 18. Uh, we'll read from verse 18 to 22. Romans 4, can you give it to me there? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who contrary to hope in hope believed, so he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Uh, so shall your descendant be. And, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God for unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Let's go. And being fully convinced that he who had promised is able to perform. Hallelujah. I want to stop there. You see, I talk about Abraham laying down the promise. But before he got the promise, there was what we call a process. The process for the promise. Hallelujah. There are few principles that are laid out in the scripture I read. The first principle is the principle of hope. You see that in verse 18, the principle of hope. What is hope? Amen. Hope is based on the picture that you have of the future. Do you follow me? Hope is a picture that you have of a future. The good picture that you have of a future. So, Abraham, put it again there, put verse 18. Who contrary to hope in hope believed? Who contrary to hope in hope believed? So it means that his future shows no good thing. So when he looks at the future, the picture that he has of the future is not good. As far as that promise was concerned, Abraham, when he looked at the future and looked at himself, there is no future. But they say, contrary to hope. <laughs> In hope. How can contrary to hope and yet you are in hope? It means your hope shouldn't be based on the picture that you see. Because the picture that you see can be influenced by the information that you have at end. Hallelujah. It means your hope should be based on the integrity of God. I don't hope because God has necessarily told me something. I hope because I know him. Yes, sir. And if I know him, 
then I know that doesn't matter what happens, he is with me. So then against, against the image and the picture that I see, against the information that I have, when I know that I have no scent in my pockets, when I know that, that my children are not behaving right, I don't see what they see, I trust the goodness. Meaning that my hope is not resting on my own mind anymore. My hope is resting on the goodness of God as I know him. And contrary to hope, in hope, believed. They put the two things together. Hope, believed. In hope, believed. Believe is that reliance on what you know. Firmly rely on what you know. What does Abraham know? What did he know? He knew God. Hallelujah. So because he knew God, even he compromised or, or he decided not to trust his own judgment. Can you see that? His judgment was, I'm old. But he said, I'm not trusting this because I know him. He can override my judgment. So it so doesn't matter what I know of the situation. I need to go to another gear to know him. Because when I know him, he will override every information I have at hand. So, so, so we come to a place where it's not too much what you hear that should bother you. It's what you know that should bother you. So you can hear many things, but in the midst of a storm, you can sleep like Jesus was in the boat. Because he knew something. He knew he came to die by crucifixion, not by drowning. So, <laughs> so, so, the, sea, so the sea can rage. He's sleeping because he knows this is not what God said. I know him. And you know, the enemy is taking the hope of many people out. You see, when you open your TV, it's hopeless. Hallelujah. When you see the portal in the road, it's hopeless. You see, sometimes you see, you say, wow, Lord. And then you see this country going fast down the drain. But for us who have come, to believe. We know that there can be Goshen, Goshen in Egypt. We know that <laughs> we know that in the same land there can be light and darkness at the same time. So, so what do I choose? I choose to stay in Goshen because I know that if I'm in Egypt, if I'm in South Africa, I would die. So I can be in the land of South Africa but not be in South Africa. So I drive the street, but I'm not here. <laughs> because I'm an ambassador. <laughs> I'm sent by high authority. So, so I'm avoiding the portals, but I know that God has me in his hand. So when I wake up, I don't think, oh my tires, I think, oh my God. So, so I choose to be in Goshen. Somebody say hope. hope. You need to know that the definition of hope is a picture that you see. But God's hope is not necessarily a picture. 
God hope is a person. And if you don't know that person, you'll be hopeless. Hallelujah. The second principle is the principle of faith. You see that verse 19. Verse 19. Let's go there. It says, and not being weak in faith. <laughs> Somebody said, not be weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead. Not being weak in faith. Then the sentence tells you what it is about. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his body. What does it mean? That faith is attached to your current situation. Hope is for the future. Faith is for today. So Abraham did not consider the today. Although the today was not looking good. But because he knew hope, he could go on today. So although moving on today is not easy, but he's moving by faith, not by sight. So Abraham was not looking at his body. He was looking at the one that made the promise. In a way that his body didn't become a factor. You see, many people are focusing on, on the evidence of what is happening. I, I want to pray for one of my daughters this week in the hospital and her leg was swollen. And uh, when I got there, I said, daughter, your problem is your mind. She said, how? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I helped her a bit. And she sent me a message yesterday. She said, guess what? I'm being discharged. I'm home. It is not my prayer that healed her. No, it was not my prayer. It's me bringing her to a place of understanding here. Many people think... Many people think that, that it's only prayer. No, no, your attitude in the prayer is the biggest thing. So, 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 so when we say you are healed and you say, but I don't feel it, but I don't, you are losing. Who has believed our report? And to whom the hands of the Lord has been revealed, Isaiah 53 verse 1, who had believed our report? So faith is about believing and walking in something that you don't have. Come on. If you have it, there is no faith. Mm -hmm. Yes. Faith is to believe and walk into something you don't have. Oh, come on. That's what faith is about. Walking in something you can't prove. Yes, that's what faith is about. Walking in something you can't prove. But trusting the integrity of who said it. So I walk in it even when I can't prove it. <laughs> so when Abraham was walking, his body was dead. Even neighbor asked him, are you sure? He will say, as far as my body is concerned, I don't know. But my spirit says yes. So, so that's what faith is about. Faith is not to work out something. Faith is to walk in what you don't have. <laughs> so so, so if, if, if I say I have faith, mm, 
let me give you a good example. When we were buying this property, we didn't have the money. We didn't have money to buy it. But the Lord said, go and walk in the property and claim it for yourself. So when we came to walk here, we claimed it. And I thought it was finished. So I went to see my father. I said, father, I've claimed the property. He said, you will never have it. I said, why? He said, take the next step. I said, what? He said, go talk to the owner. I said, but what must I tell him? <laughs> he said, go tell him you want to buy the property and these are your terms. He shouldn't give you terms. You give him the terms. I said, why? He said, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. <laughs> so, so you don't get, go there begging your way. You don't go there begging your way. You not make anyone feeling sorry for you. You are too precious to, for people to feel sorry for you. Even if you have no money in my pocket, you will never know. Because I refuse to look broke. I refuse. Hallelujah. I refuse to look broke. I refuse to attack the pity and sympathy of people. I want to heaven to take notice of my faith. So, so I see people with a downcast face. I don't know what is going on to me. <laughs> you say, you think everything is under control in my life? No. But I understood that in the chaos, God is powerful. Yeah. I understood that when there is a chaos, it's a platform for miracles. And I know when there is darkness and things are shaking, then I can step back and God say, let there be light. But I need to make way so that God can speak and say, let there be lights. So some of you are claiming you have faith. You don't have faith. Yes. Because what you call faith is not faith. Yes. Yes, it's not faith at all. Because you can test you. Today you are jumping. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tomorrow morning, when an information comes, you sink. So where, where was your faith? You become like Peter. You walk on water unless, until you see the waves. And you go down. And Jesus says, Peter, why did you doubt? Let me give you something I said in my book. I said the walking on water was not a function of density. It was a function of faith. So Peter didn't walk on water because his density changed. He walked on water because he believed. So the moment he started to disbelieve, he sank. So it was not about his weight. It was about his faith. Yes. So, so when God wants you to do something, it's not about who you are. It's not about your position. It's about your faith. So if everybody fails, you don't fail there. Yes. Why? Because you hold on to the word of God. Can we give a big amen in the house? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. We serve an amazing God. Yes. Say so we serve an amazing God. So we serve an amazing God. I came here to tell you it's not too late for you. No, God has sent me to tell you whatever was bothering you must be a situation of the past. Listen, the situation might not change, but you change. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, the situation might not change, but you have changed. So your view of the situation is already changed. So when Goliath come, you don't see him as Goliath. You see him as a dead man. So you go 
drove this morning and the same challenge that was confronting you might remain the same challenge, but you don't see it the same way anymore. You see it as a bread. Caleb and Joshua said, this giant has our, our bread. So the same thing that was bothering you, now you look at it and say, boy, I have something to eat. Jesus, Jesus, the Lord wants his children to change their way of thinking. Seriously, unless you change your way of thinking, you will not see what you want to see. Your thought life is very important. That's what devil is fighting for. Because he knows if he can get your fourth life, he will get you. It's so important that Jesus said, do not. He said, do not. He said, he said, he said if you look at a woman and lust after her, it means if you think a certain way after her, you have already committed adultery. Jesus said, do not do that. Hallelujah. I told you already that your fourth creates. Hallelujah. It's the ability to create. So the way you see your enemies is the way they see you. If you see him big, he sees you small. If you see him small, he sees you big. You don't see each other the same size. One must be small and one must be big. Who will be the smallest? Between you and the challenge. My appeal to you this morning is when you go from here, see things differently. Don't see things in terms of what is going to happen. See things in terms of who is with me. For I know that my Redeemer lives. By the time you see things like this, devil will have to run away from you. Bible says resist him in faith. He didn't say resist him in shouting. Some people are sweating, shouting at the devil. The Bible says resist him in faith. Do you think you can intimidate him, intimidate him with your shout? No. No. No, you, you are not intimidating. You are intimidating him with your faith. And I told you he's not afraid of the word of God. You can quote the word. He will never be afraid of you. He's afraid of faith in the heart of the one that said the word. That's what he was afraid of. So that's why you will see many people, they say, but this guy is a powerful preacher. What happened to him? No, the guy was performing. There's a difference between performance. <laughs> Somebody can take a mark and perform. Hmm? You see, there are comedians that make people laugh, but their own life is miserable. Some of them commit suicide because they are so down. So there can be a man of God that is a comedian. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he can make other people feel happy, but himself is broken. So God didn't call you to be a comedian. He called you to be real. A comedian displays something that is not real. So some of, they are comedian Christians. 
Oh, I'm so blessed, highly favored. I'm so... But when we are alone, oh, I don't know what am I? <laughs> you are a comedian. <laughs> you are doing it for the public. Don't do it for the public. Do it for yourself. If you can sit home and in the midst of a mess, you can stand up on your bedroom and say, Lord, he's still good. Then you become real. Then the devil takes notice of you. But you come to church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You go to home. You cry the whole night. You dry your tears. Come here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are a comedian. And God is looking for the real thing. I'm looking for somebody that in the intimacy of your bedroom, you will be as real as you are now. I'm looking for somebody in the midst of a challenge. You say to your children, wait for me, I'm going into the room. You get to the room and they hear you praising God. And they are confused, but they say, but what is going on? Papa is, does not look good, but when he got in his room, everything changed. We can hear him praising. What is going on? We can see Mama just, Papa just, just left Mama, but Mommy didn't drop the ball. Mommy's too strong, knowing that her life is not determined by men. Her life is determined by God. A man can come and go, but God remains. I'm here to tell you, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who left you. God has not left you. I said, doesn't matter who left you, God has not left you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. I want you to stand up. And we're going to pray and say, Lord, help us. Help us be real. Hallelujah. Say, help us be real. I want you to lift up your hands and pray and say, Lord, help me be real. Help me be real. Father, I want to be real in this faith. I want to be real. Father, help me. Help me. Help me by your grace. Help us be real. Help us be real. Help us. Help us not compromise. Help us. Help us see you face to face. Father, give us grace. Give us grace. And help us. Help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus, help us. 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 God, we need your help. We need your help, Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need your help right now. We need your grace. We need your help. We need your grace. We need your help. While we are doing that, continue to pray in the Spirit. If there are people here that know in the Spirit that their lives does not reflect what they confess, I want them to stand and come in front. I'm going to lay hands on you so that God may impart grace in you. You, you know that what you confess is not really what you live. I want you to come in front and I will pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll lay hands on you quickly. We don't have time. We have 10 minutes to go and I want you guys to quickly come in front and we're going to lay hands on you quickly and the spirit of the Lord is going to move in your life. That it does not help to just say it and not live it and say, Lord, I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. In the name of Jesus, I want to say it, but I want to live it. I want to say it, but I want to live it. Holy Spirit, I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to live it. Holy Spirit, I want to say it and I want to live it. I pray that this may become reality. I want to say it and I want to live it. I want to say it and I want to walk in that grace.